What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, and the daily grind, what it takes to earn success, um, and a little bit of fitness. We've been working out a lot, and we've been uh, trying to showcase that so we can help others and, and teach people about that. But at any rate, today, we got Pistol P here. Yes, in his, sir. What's in up? His, in his uh, Miller Lite Genuine Draft hat and his <laughs> hanky-panky pants on. I mean... This hat just fits my head so nice. Is that why you like it? It's just a little comfy just, on your noggin? It just fits nice. I, I actually saw some hat the other day, the same style. I'm like, I should probably order that so I have another hat to wear because it's like the same exact style. And I'm like, it just fits my head so nice. And it's like foam and comfy. That's Jeez, that's why that's I like wear the, it. That's like like a hat from the 70s, like the cheapest it's, hat, too. It's vintage, too. Yeah. That's, that, it is we'll, from the, it's like from the 90s, I think. We'll call your style vintage. How's that? I, that's okay. I like, I like the vintage look. Heck yeah, man. Well, I just, uh, I was just on a recent family trip um, to Disney World. It was Jersey's uh, sixth birthday. And if you follow me personally, you know the Jers. She's like, she's the light of my life right now. But only because uh, her age, all my kids... Uh, at, at this time of their age, the two to three year old is like magical for me. It is like a magical age. And these guys know her around the office cause she's hilarious. Oh, she's she, comes funny. In, she comes in here, asks for treats off their desks and ask what they're doing as soon as they have a treat. And you know, that's her way of saying, can I have some? And, and she's hilarious. But anyway, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, I, ha- I felt inspired about the ne- next podcast. The next podcast I wanted to do was, um, pushing through adversity. And the reason I want to talk about that is because I, I was thinking about how all the hard things in, in my life um, have the greatest reward afterwards. So I think greatness and adversity parallel each other on the way to the top. And we're going to kind of talk about that in a little bit about how that, how about adversity and uh, success coincides. Now, I want to kind of start it off with... Uh, you know, had a dude come over to my house the other day. Typically, I don't let people come over to my house, but you know, some reason I felt good about it. I'm like, man, this guy want, really wants to come over to my house and buy some like hunting gear that I was trying to get rid of. If you know yeah. me, I'm always trying to get rid of some hunting gear. <laughs> There's always something for sale. Yeah, and this guy was like, well, I just want to buy one pocket. I'm like, man, this I don't have time to sell one pocket. I want to get rid of all this these this stuff. And I was selling some Kufaru pockets and want to get rid of a teepee. And actually, it was just a tarp or whatever and a bunch of my pockets and whatnot. So, um any rate, that's what I was trying to do. Well, wife was out of town because they hit up Disney World early, so I, I let him come over. And uh, it was when he came over, he, you know, we first started off by telling us about how much he was enjoying the Grand Podcast. And I'm like, oh, man, that feels good. It feels good. And I kind of asked him a few probing questions to figure out what he liked about the Grand Podcast. And he kind of told me a little bit about his story and some of the things he was going through and um, a little bit about his hunting journey, his personal journey, and his fitness journey. And, you know, we kind of dove into some topics of, um, you know, he was going on, he has a sheep hunt he's preparing for. And he was telling mm-hmm. me about how he was trying to prepare both mentally and physically for, um, the sheep hunt that he was going on. He was telling me about how this time it was taken up and how it was taken up some of his family time and so on and so forth. So we just went deep into discussion. And, and one of the things that, uh, seemed like a reoccurring thing was, uh, adversity and pushing through adversity. And it, it was, I don't know, it, it was kind of edifying for me just kind of talking through it. it was almost like, um, it was almost like I was learning from, you know how you, when you just like put things on paper, you just get them out. And if you're saying them, you're just learning about them yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like you're reteaching yourself. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. 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 Then I was thinking about like my early hunting journey. And when I first was like, man, I want to be an ultra successful big game hunter. 
And one of the things that um, I noticed when I would go out is I always wanted everything to be easy. And I wasn't successful yet. But it was interesting, like my mindset, I didn't want to have to work that hard for an animal. I wanted to go up, find one, shoot it, kill it, take care of it. Yet, I didn't even know how to find an animal. (laughs) Yes, I'd been successful on big game hunts, but um, riding through the trees on a horse and trying to brush out pockets and shoot animals that they're running across a draw is not really a super efficient way to big game hunt and definitely not a successful way to do it. (laughs) But but that's how I was taught, right? Yeah. That's how I was taught to do it. That's how most people, a lot of people still do it too. They just push draws. Yeah, push draws. You can have success, but... It also, you also blow everything out, yeah. I feel like, too. Yeah. But. A- absolutely. It's, it's, we can both agree it's not the most efficient way of doing things. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but my mind wanted to go up on the mountain and be successful at something, but I, I didn't quite know how to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn a certain set of skills first, and then I had to put in the work. Okay. First off, I didn't know what to do aside from seeing an animal. I didn't even know their behavior. 20 years ago. I really didn't. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know what they did in the middle of the day. I didn't know where they went. I just know that your best chance was in the morning. I I was literally a novice. Mm. And, and, and the reason being is because we hunted our entire lives and we hunted via saddle horse our entire lives. But we left at 3 p.m. every single day because we had to get back and milk the cows because okay. we, we grew up in a dairy. Yeah. So it was like we didn't really learn because we didn't go go through an entire day and we never rarely camped overnight because, again... The farm was waiting for us when we got home. Yeah. You had other responsibilities. But I wanted to be successful. I Uh wanted to be. The desire was there. So I was kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, it has to start with the desire. A desire to be better. Without that desire, there can't be any action, Mm -hmm. and there can't be any learning. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. Think about one of the things you wanted to do better. I mean, related to hunting, so uh, related I, to anything. The, well, I'll, I'll relate it to hunting. Um, we've kind of mentioned it before. Like I have a little honey hole now. I I think I have, but it, it took it took me years to figure it out. I remember when I turned eighteen, I'm like, I want to be hunting more, and yeah. I started spending all this time. And like the first couple of years, I wasn't finding anything. Yeah, you know, see, get a small buck every now and then, but going to all these places and then the last couple of years i started like okay there's deer at here at certain times there's deer here and like narrowing it down and now i have an area in this year i decided i'm gonna spend all my time just like memorizing this area after my success last year and like i'm gonna i want to set up trail cams and like really just learn what the deer are doing there because i know i know now where the, i figured out where they're at and i was like if i can dial down where they're where they are at and then I, I'll be more successful, and then I can kind of manage the quality of the deer in that area yeah. too. Because like last year, I, I shot a decent buck, I think. But I after I shot him, I'm thinking, man, in a couple more years, he would have been a giant. Yeah. And I, I want to get to a point where I'm hunting a place where I can pass up nice bucks, just because I know in a couple of years I'll be able to shoot them. So that, that that was one thing for me. But for a couple of years, I'm like, it sucks spending all this money in tagging out on a small deer or not like a big one when I know there's better, but now that I'm learning the area, it's like, there's almost like the, um, that satisfaction of like, oh, I'm finally figuring it out. Yeah. And it's like pushing through of all those hard years has been yeah. like worth it now. Well, it started with the desire though. Oh yeah. And I would, I would hike my butt off and not see a deer all day. Yeah. And I'm like, where, where are the stupid deer? And now which, that, yeah, but you have to have the desire to keep going, which is disheartening Yeah, when you push through those days. But, but it, 
any any anyone could be motivated on their good days. Oh yeah. Any anyone could be motivated to go work out, to go hunt hard, to be positive and be optimistic when their mood is good. Oh yeah, for sure. But it but what about what separates the good from the great is what the great do when they're not motivated, mm-hmm. not motivated, when yeah. they feel like dog crap, when they don't feel like pushing to the end, when they don't feel like hunting their butts off or glassing their butts off, oh, when yeah. they get a little bit lazy. For There's, sure. That's the difference between the good and the great. When the days yeah. are not motivated, they're still putting in the work to yeah. be successful. Yeah. Now, like, are you going to go back out the next day? Yeah. Are you gonna, like oh, this sucks. I'm not going to yeah. get up early tomorrow. I'm yeah. not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to push till last light. This sucks. This yeah. is this is futile. This Am I is going to go to the next draw yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you, you've got to callous your mind against some of that, that inner bitch voice that's trying to defeat you mm-hmm. because it yeah. doesn't want to, it doesn't want you to go out. It doesn't, it doesn't want you to go and work hard. And, oh, yeah. in, and in my experience, we'll talk a little bit more about this is the, 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 not only the more you push and the harder you push, the greater reward, but, um, I believe that the universe and I've talked about this, which you guys can think it's BS or not, but, how many times have you filled a tag in the 11th hour? How many times have you found a deadhead in the 11th hour when you checked that last basin when you were oh, shed yeah. hunting? You did it just this last weekend. Oh, yeah. It, it, you it's found like, the gnarliest, one of the gnarliest <laughs> deadheads I've ever seen. Oh, that thing's sweet. Oh, to, yeah. That, I, that was, I was heading back to camp, and it was getting late anyway, and I'd found a little, little moose paddle, and I'm like, man, why can't I find anything else in here? There, and I've been trying to, I was in like a spot I've never been, just trying to narrow down where deer are, and I see a moose come out of this thick, nasty draw, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should go down the center of that, because I might find something, oh. and this deadhead I found, I literally stepped on it. Like, it was that covered. It's probably 20 years old. Just this big, gnarly three-point. And if I wouldn't have pushed down to that draw, I could have went right off the other side of the hill right back down to camp. I was I was that close to my camp almost. And I was like, no, I'm going to go push this draw before I get back just in the last hour of light. And yeah. stepped on this mega three-point. That, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, oh, if I wouldn't have done that, I would have went back to camp and been discouraged with because I didn't find anything. Yeah. But it's like when you find those, it's like little adrenaline rushes. But if you can push yourself through with like the, the tough yeah. stuff that you're not going to get the adrenaline rushes yeah. if you don't. Absolutely. And, and to go back to, uh, timber Bruins, if you haven't watched this video on YouTube, yeah, Payne exactly. and I hunted hard for five or six days, mm-hmm. busting our freaking butts. We had, we'd seen one bear, one single bear that was like limping across the hillside. <laughs> yeah. And we just kept pushing, hitting different drainages, trying different things. And we could have went home. It started to get super hot. The brush was starting to get really thick. The bear hunting was starting to get crappy. We're like, you know what? We're going to try this one last logging road before we head home. We could have headed home. We could have got back at a decent time. We're like, no, we're going to push this one logging road. We're going to give it one more try. Mm-hmm. And an hour or less into that walk, I turn the corner, corner and lo and behold, there's a bear on the road. <laughs> a old shutdown logging road. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And Peyton was behind me because he was having some heel issues uh, and breaking in some new boots. But anyway, I went back, got him, went forward again, and there's the boar, big old <laughs> boar. I turned the corner and meet him face-to-face, 20 yards, and pounded him with a 300 PRC. My my point is we didn't get lucky. We were rewarded for working our tails off and pushing through the end. Now, oh, we yeah. didn't almost die. We didn't push through adversity that way. We um, didn't almost get killed by a bear. 
or anything crazy yeah. like that. It was just like a boring. The hunt was fun. It was fun when you're going out all day and you sit there and see nothing. And you're see like, nothing. this sucks. Yeah, you're like, man. Yeah. Every every, every yeah. hunter who loves nature and loves the beauty, but we're out there to do something. We're out yeah. there to accomplish one goal, and that's kill a bear. And the adversity was there's no bears moving. They were already timbered up. Yeah, they timbered up. They weren't moving. They were rutting in the trees. Uh, the grass was growing inside of the timber. They had no reason to go out and feed on these open hillsides. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we we pounded, pounded, pounded. We went four to, I don't know, four to six miles every single day round trip, hiking in, hiking out of places, trying new basins, hiking in, hiking out, and just working our tails off yep. until the last moment, the last day, the last few hours of the hunt, we were rewarded with an unbelievable bear. At 20 yards was some of the best footage you'll ever see. Um, and you can check that out in our kill reels on, on YouTube. The best bear shots you'll ever see or something. What's the title of that? Yeah, like the best bear kill shots you'll ever see. Best bear kill shots you ever think. My point is pushing through that adversity to look how we were, we were rewarded. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I think back to times I've given up and I can think about um, – a specific incident, a specific hunt when I was first trying to learn different areas and, and traveling out of state and so on and so forth. I went with one of my buddies and I was just fresh off an of ankle reconstruction surgery and it had some scar tissue in my ankle that I was trying to work through and I had a frozen ankle essentially. I went in there with another surgery, had it scoped, had more scar tissue removed from the ankle to try to loosen it up and it was still just frozen and I didn't know what to do. Well, um, I wasn't ready for this hunt and you know I was I was I was kind of listening to David Goggins book this morning can't hurt me and he was talking about how he wanted to run his first ultra marathon and he emailed this guy because he wanted to get into the Badwater whatever run it was and the guy wouldn't let him in he's like well if you want to go run this uh, 100 mile race in 3 days um or something then then you can report back to me and see how you do it so they could try to accept his application well he was an idiot he didn't know anything about nutrition he didn't know anything about ultra marathon. He didn't know anything mm-hmm. about, uh, um, electrolytes and, and, and fluid and hydration. And he went out there and he, he's at, he almost had kidney failure. Like oh, he, okay. he well. was, at, he was admitted into the hospital. Okay. And he's like, man, you gotta be smart about some things. Yeah. He's like, but what that told me is how far I could push myself through the adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, was that absolutely completely stupid? He goes, yeah, but yeah. look, but look what I learned about myself and how I could push myself. Yeah. I was able to complete, complete the, uh, it was a one day, one day something, can't believe the name of it. But anyway, he was able to complete that, resubmit his application. The dude, uh, Chris, I think his name was still wouldn't accept his application until he'd put in more work. So he wouldn't let him into the bad water run. And the okay. reason why he was going to be, a, he wanted to run the bad water run was to raise money for the families for operation red wing, which is, uh, Marcus Luttrell's, uh, squadron who all those seals died. So he wanted to raise money for all those people. So it was for a good cause. And this guy still wouldn't let him in. But my point is you can't be stupid about it. David Goggins was like, I was legit stupid about it and almost killed me. Yeah. So, um, I I say that to say this. So I'm now I'm back on this backcountry hunt. I wanted to go on my, like a gnarly backcountry hunt. And you know, I had this frozen ankle. I didn't know anything about hydration. It was 95 degrees in September and I'm hiking in, hiking in, hiking in. Well, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't yeah. prepared from a hydration standpoint. I drink an energy drink before, <laughs> before I even hiked in. So I was feeling like dog crap. It was 95 degrees. Anyone who knows me, I shut down in, in that kind of extreme heat. On top of that, we're packing in. I didn't have lightweight hunting gear. I didn't, I, I was still learning about yeah. lightweight hunting gear. I had a giant freaking mummy bag and all these things. It was way too warm. And we were hiking up this sandy, this sandy terrain 
and we're just getting smoked because it's one f- step forward, half a step back, one step forward, <laughs> half a step back. And yeah. No trekking poles. Shoot, I didn't even know what a trekking pole was back then. <laughs> so we get all the way to the top. We probably c- climb 2,500 feet vertical, um, and I, I'd stun mentally. Yeah. I'd quit. Yeah, and no water up there either. Yeah. I'm dehydrated. I drink in a couple uh, more energy things because I thought that was what I should do because I was feeling like crap. <laughs> so then I was twice as sick. <laughs> I went across a, a, a rattlesnake uh, skin too. Okay. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, I was already defeated yeah, and mentally, worse physically. Things on top of it. Worst things on top of it. The elk weren't where they were supposed to be. <laughs> we ended up finding the elk another, I don't know, 1,000 feet up. I was just like, no, nah, I'm done. I don't want to go for him. Yeah. Straight up gave up. Yeah. Pussed out. Yeah. But I but but I didn't have anything left in me. Mm-hmm. I was ill prepared. I didn't yeah. push through. Now, my buddy who has hunting with he's like, dude, I'll run down and grab me some water. I'll I'll hike it back up. We're good. Nah. You're just done mentally. Done, done, dude. I'd been yeah. beat defeated. When you, when you hit that, it's like you you don't want to keep going anyway. I was you? up all night puking and pooping. I was so sick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. no fun doing in scary country oh, yeah. that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave up. I was done. Get yeah. me off the mountain. I'm out of here. I don't want an elk. I don't care what I spent on an out-of-state elk tag. <laughs> and uh, there's a bull, nice five-point bull we could have go killed. And I said, uh-uh. Because what am I going to do? How am I going to get him out? I I didn't have the mental fortitude to get him out. Yeah, imagine if you killed one and had to pack him out. Like yeah. what that would have done to you. <laughs> yeah. No water. Completely yeah. beat. Dehydrated. Vomiting pooping like i was done so did you hike out the next day uh yeah hiked out the next morning didn't sleep the entire night and hiked out the next morning what did your buddy do he's just like okay well whatever he'd already filled his tag he didn't care oh okay but guess what when i got down to the mountain and this is how i'm going to tie it back to the guy that came over to my house to buy some um hunting gear some used hunting gear um i had never been so disappointed in myself and the regret that i had leaving a bull on the mountain that I could have killed if I would have been a little tougher, yeah. if I would have pushed through some adversity, I didn't learn I didn't learn anything. I didn't learn how far I could push myself. I pushed myself a ways, but I gave up. That's my point. Yeah, but I you, gave up. you didn't see it through. I didn't so, see it through. Yeah. You know, so I, I learned the preparation thing like, hey, Eric, you're not as tough as you think you are. You need, you need better equipment. You need to think through some of these details more. You need to hydrate before you go. I didn't have any hydration products, any mixes, drink mixes. I didn't have ultralight hunting gear. So it taught me a lot about that. But the regret and the disappointment I had in myself yeah. from giving up was more was more painful than the pain I was in going up there vomiting, dry heaving, pooping, and cramping. <laughs> yeah. So so the emotional pain was worse. The psychological and emotional pain was worse than the physical yeah. pain of giving it. Of, yeah, of, of at going least that's that. still a lesson learned, though, because you're so disappointed. You're like, I don't want to, have to, like, be that disappointed in hunting. Yeah. But then some people can be like, Oh, I don't ever want to hunt again either. That's how they oh, could take mo- it. Oh, if if you had a newbie on that, he'd say, "F this, I'm never hunting again." Yeah, weren't weren't successful. I'm sick, miserable. Like they probably want to do it again. But then, luckily for you, you turned it around into, I don't want to feel that disappointment again at least yeah. because it, you could have went the other way and then you wouldn't have learned anything yeah you wouldn't have learned how to give yeah. up and when the, things the, get tough yeah that, that's what i learned i I, lear- I learned how to give up 
yeah. on some of those early but, hunts. Yeah, I and mean, then you also learn push like I don't want to feel that way yeah. at least. So it was still all learning. Yeah, like it, a, it a definitely learning it definitely was you. learning, but I had to make a conscious decision. Yeah. Am I going to be the fair weathered hunter who only goes out and kills something when it's convenient and easy? So I'll be a 10 or 15% successful hunter? Yeah. Or am I going to be a 80, 90, 95% hunter like I want to be? Like I yeah. like I know I can be. Like if you get out there enough, it's like eventually if you keep pushing through something good will happen and it's funny when there is bad weather how on the hills if you're like in a populated area all of a sudden oh there's no one out anymore yeah like i um i've hunted the all those uh, the cache quite a few years and there's so many people that hunt on that thing but any day anytime there's bad weather you don't see anyone yeah i remember there's i was up there a couple years ago snowstorm and it was getting close to the last day and i'm like well i'm, I'm gonna see more deer probably and i'm trucking around in the snow and they look down back of roads and there's people glassing but they won't yeah. get out of their trucks and it's like well i'm up here and i'm actually on deer and i'm chasing yeah. them i didn't get one but i learned okay if i go on these harder days i still have a better chance of these people or i'll push i'll see people and i'm like well i'm gonna push farther than they're going because i'll have a better chance yeah and then like there's people and i on a couple for a couple of years i like i was not successful on the cash for years and years and years and part of that was I wasn't seeing things and then I'll, I would wake up in the morning cause I lived so close and I'll be like, you know, it kind of sucks today. I'm not going to see anything anyway. And I'd stay in bed. Yeah. And, and you just gave into your inner bitch voice. Oh, oh yeah. And I was like, I'll just stay in bed. And then I would wake up a couple hours later and be like, why didn't I go? I probably could have, I could have something right now. I could be yeah. taking care of it on the mountain. Yeah. And this year. And so I, you regretted it. Later. Oh yeah. I regret, I would always regret it later. And, I, and when you'd wake up in the morning, I had that thought, like, I'm probably going to regret this later. Yeah. But, and I would still sleep in sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, when I was finally successful, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep in today. I'm going to go out there and get it done. Yeah. And I, I'm this, the year when I finally got a buck on the cash, I got one and I'm taking care of him. As the guys come up to me and they're like, Oh, you shot that up here. Yeah. And they just barely got up there. It's like 12 o'clock and I'm taking care of the deer. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. It and you like, probably felt like a million bucks. Oh yeah. I felt way better of guys like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was even a buck like that up here. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, Oh, I actually got up to this morning and did the work. Yeah. No one yeah. else was at the trailhead. Yeah. Uh, the middle you, of the, you got in the up morning. and did the work. Yeah. And so that's what I, it took, you know, a couple of years of being, not being successful to finally yeah. push myself to get there too. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the key phrase and, and the key thing I want to highlight here is the emotional and mental regret of giving up is far worse than the physical pain of just going out and doing the work. Oh yeah. It's way worse, way worse. Yeah. And I want to parallel that to fitness. Um, I want to talk about, you know, I, I was, I was hardcore on my mission. Mm -hmm. I woke up an extra half hour early and I ran three to five miles every single morning. You mm. know, if you're going on a, a Church of Jesus Christ mission, you you have to be with your companion all the time. Mm -hmm. it's, it's annoying. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So, so guess what? I drug my companions along. They <laughs> freaking hated me. And I served in Stockholm, Sweden, so it was cold. It was cold for eight months of the year. Yeah. So I put long johns on, layered up, and literally ran on the streets of Sweden <laughs> for three to five miles every single morning. Uh, and, and, dude, my companions hated me, dude. Even the non-runners, a lot of them would follow behind me on a bike. Oh, really? They'd follow behind me on the bike. I was hardcore, man. I'm, I was I'm hardcore. surprised you were able to drag them out of bed to actually do I it. I said, we're going. That's <laughs> what I said. I didn't give them an option. I said, we're going. Yeah, I said, if I'm, you don't want to run, you can ride your bike, but we're going. <laughs> because guess what? This makes me feel better. Yeah. 
it just makes me feel better. Yeah. And every one of them went. No yeah. issues. They That's rode good. the bikes, most of them. Yeah. And I had a few of the hardcore ones that ran. I was like, man, I'm glad we ran. Thanks for thanks for doing this, Eric. It, it's one of those me things afterwards, too. Yeah, they, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to say this. It's like, think about the mornings when you don't want to get up and work out. Mm-hmm. Let's say you don't go. How many times later, 100% of the time later, you say, man, I sure wish I would have went this morning. And I... Yeah, and anytime you talk to someone about it, they're like, oh, should I go work out this morning? And uh, they no. don't, and then they're like, I should have worked out. Yeah. Not not ever do they get up and say, man, I, I wish, and later in the day, the ones that did work out that morning, do they ever say, man, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have worked out this morning? I, no, not Almost never. Says, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> almost never. Yeah. And it's, those, it's, it's the greatness comes on the days you don't want to push. Mm-hmm. It's... It tests your character. It tests your drive on the days you don't want to go out and look. You don't want to go hunt. That's when the magic happens, in my opinion. Yeah. The days you're not motivated, the days you don't want to do it, and you do it, that's when the magic happens. That's when you kill the buck. That's when you win the day. That's when you when you excel. That's when you learn something. That's when you oh, learn yeah. something valuable. And you can relate that to like everything in your work, like in editing, there'll be times I'm um, like, Oh, do I really want to go through all this footage right now? Or should I wait for later? And it's like, well, if I wait for later, then there's more work and you're just going to yeah. keep pushing it back. And then there's times where you finally push yourself through and that's when you get some of the best ideas anyway. Yeah. That it's interesting. Like you can edit and I can be editing and I'm on like a roll and things are good, but there's times when you're like, there's, you don't have the creativity and you kind of have to, you yep. can take a little break, but you just can't keep pushing at all. You got to yep. push yourself through the work sometimes to actually yeah. get it done. Yeah. And and I don't think this, it seem, this seems to happen all the time. Doesn't matter whether it's fitness, doesn't matter whether yeah. it's work or time. I don't think this is coincidental. It just so happens the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd get lucky when you work harder. Yeah. Maybe you increase your odds because you're putting in the time and the work. Yeah. But I think there's some sort of foundational principle when this world is created and the laws of the universe that reward that person. It happens every time. I've tested it. I've seen it over and over again. The harder you work, the luckier you're getting. You can push through the hard times. You're going to, you're going to be rewarded, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, I'm not saying if you're going to die that you should keep pushing through and stay on the mountain. Like there's, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things of, do I just not want to put in the work? It's not like an extreme, oh, I'm going to die if, if I keep going. But it's right. like one of those things like I'm just going to be disappointed if I give up. And I think people in anything anyone does every day, you're usually faced with the decision of do I want to do that? Do I not want to do that? Do I want to do the dishes right now? Or is I'll wait till tomorrow? Do I want to yeah. clean? Or, you know, there's always little things that you have to decide, should I wait or should I not do it? Of like a list of things you have to do yeah. of, of accomplishing. Yeah. So, so I'm talking to this dude. He was telling me about how you know, either one thing gets left off or one thing doesn't, or, you know, he's talking to me about how he does his fitness in the afternoon. I was like, well, what time do you wake up? Then where he's like six o'clock, but I have to go to the gym, but I, I hit the gym after I work out. And he was like, well, he was telling me about how it impedes with his family time. I'm like, dude, your solution is you got a family. They need you. You're gone eight hours of the day. I'm like, you got to wake up, um, an hour earlier mm-hmm. and get, hit the gym before you before you go to work he's like dude you're right you're right i'm like yeah. that's what i do i yeah. do an hour and a half of work before my family gets up because that is that is sacred time with my kids when i come home from the gym my wife's still laying in bed and i get to spend one-on-one well one-on-four time with them <laughs> with uh with all of them just cooking and breakfast yeah and it's chaotic and it's overwhelming but man it's one of my it's going to be one of my favorite memories 
Yeah, because if older. you waited an hour to go work out, then you want to have the time to spend with them. Yeah, then my wife would get him cereal and kick him out the door, and I wouldn't even hardly get to see him. Yeah. And so no. you, you're taking the time to prepare yourself to go to the gym and so you have time with them. Yeah. So you're not losing I get less sleep. I can function on six hours of sleep. Yeah. I can function on seven hours of sleep. And if I'm disciplined, I can do everything I need to do on eight hours of sleep. Yep. I don't need nine, 10, 11. And there'll be some days I'm, I might get more very rarely, but a lot of days it's six or seven hours. Yeah. And I can grind on six or seven hours mm-hmm. because I don't give up. I keep going. And I know that even if I'm having crappy days or not crappy days, I just got to put in the work. And eventually I'll add up more wins and losses. Yeah. Push it through the adversity. So that's, so going back to one of his comments, he said, man, I, I just need to be more consistent about working out. And I said, dude, I went back to the same thing I've already said before. The emotional and mental regret of not doing the work is far greater than the pain when you're doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional stuff. Then you get depressed then your self-esteem gets lowered. You don't feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. That's only temporary physical pain. This is emotional and uh, and mental pain that lasts, that becomes a part of your identity. For sure. That pain is temporary, Mm -hmm. that physical pain. It's just temporary. Yeah. And and, and it goes back to what I've been saying in the last two or three podcasts. You have X amount of time that you're going to be putting in the work. You're going to pass that space of time, whether it's 40 minutes, an hour and a half, you might as well give it everything you freaking got. Mm -hmm. Because that time for me now, that time is super sacred. I can't believe I was so lazy and lackadaisical with it before. Yeah. Because now I got kids. Now I got a company I have to provide for. And then I got to be there for them emotionally and teach them not only the skills of life, but teach them how to play sports and show them how much I love them and try to teach them uh, how to face the world. Yeah. So it's like, man, every single minute that I have in a day is invaluable and it's precious. So, um, I don't know. I, I just think pushing through adversity, when you push through the adversity, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, yeah I agree. Wh- whether it's tagging out, whether it's that extra push, getting that extra client, yeah. um, selling an extra whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's always like, yeah, putting in a little bit extra work. Like, you might not see the reward immediately, but in, like, hunting, you know, you can push through the next draw. There's a deer. Yeah. You, you never know what your that effort's going to bring when the yeah. success is going to come. Yeah. And you can, you can go on a hunt for, you know, say you're on a two-week hunt, a week hunt, go as hard as you can every day, and you still might not be successful. Yeah. But, you know, you never know when the but success be, will If you come. go hard every single day you'll be more successful than you're not. Yeah, you're going to be more successful because yeah. you'll have that mental toughness too of like, I can push through the tough times yeah. and not be successful right now, but eventually it'll pay off yeah. too. You know, I used to enjoy taking naps on the mountain. You you can <laughs> you can get away with taking naps on the mountain. When, I can't. When because, you're hunting? <laughs> yeah, when you're hunting. I used to, but I don't anymore, rarely. Yeah. Rarely. Because a lot of times I'm still looking for my animal. Yeah. You know, I'm still looking for my animal. I can ill afford to take a nap on the mountain because I'm I'm trying to put in the work to find that animal. Yeah. And when it's not your tag, yeah, sure, you take a nap. <laughs> I, I'll be, I take, I'll take naps on my tag sometimes too. And there's like dead parts of the day. I'm like, I'll, I'll take naps sometimes. I'll be out in the middle of a draw and I'm like, I'm, I'm beat and I'll, I'll take a nap. And then sometimes I just need it because I've pushed myself so hard that my body's that tired. And I'll take like a 30-minute nap so I can just keep hiking. I did that a couple times last year and I was still successful. 
But it was one of those things where I'm only taking this because I'm so freaking tired. Yeah. And it's, no. and it's raining right now on me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with taking it. Yeah. Nothing wrong. In fact, uh, it's relaxing. There, and in fact, it's something spiritual about taking a nap on the mountain when you're hunting. It's it's glorious. I just don't do it anymore. Yeah. And it's because I feel like my time's too valuable. I, I Hey, if I'm tagged out, I'll take a nap. But that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm usually pushing to the end. Once in a while, we'll get lucky and kill on the first day or two. Um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But, oh, I guess we did on the muzzleloader buck. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the last day, though, for us, too. That, that's actually true. It was like the was second day of the hunt, but we only we're had... We're getting ready to head out. And I said, let's just go check up yeah. this one last draw and glass down. Yeah. We were, we were getting ready to leave because we had to we had to leave. That was our, how much time we had. And then I found the bull I wanted to kill. I know, so it was a double reward. It was a double reward for you. Then you're back getting a bull in there, too. <laughs> See, that's how it pays off. You put in that sort of work, and yeah. it pays off. But that inner bitch voice in you is like, man, that's a lot of work. I don't want to go do that. <laughs> and you sit back and you get overwhelmed. Yeah. It's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, anyway, b- back to this guy that came over to my house. I told him, I said, man, you just got to take it one day at a time. One single day at a time. If you look at the long journey ahead, you'll get so overwhelmed, you won't even start. Yeah. But if you take it one day at a time, focus on winning the day, and remind yourself, remind yourself, remind yourself that the pain and disappointment and regret of giving up is far, far worse than the pain of just sweating it out, grinding yeah. it out, and putting in the work. And, you know, the story I told you about the elk where I went in and got smoked just coming off of ankle surgery, that's not the only time I've given up. Oh, yeah. I've, gi- I've, I've given up way more than that. Mm-hmm. Way more than that. Man, I, I, I'd have so many antlers in here for the times I'd given up. Yeah. But, I, but now that I'm older and more mature, I realize the value and the magic that happens after pushing through the adversity. Yeah. You know? I, I, I'm checking out, of, um, and, and there's times I still, he's like, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, I don't. I don't stay motivated. I have bad days. I have bad days. I feel depressed. I have bad days where I feel like I don't win. But I keep going. I keep putting in the work. Even when days I'm not motivated, I keep grinding. Mm-hmm. And I'll write down those checklists and I'll knock them out. The things that I know are important that I need to do, even when I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's something I've heard a lot of people say too is, you know, having that daily list of, you know, prioritizing things you need to get done and doing the worst things first. Yeah. Because then if you're thinking about it all day, you're just dreading doing it. And like, even. I've seen people relate it back to editing. Cause that's what I do. Like do the worst parts first because then you can get to the creative parts and spend most of your time on that. Yeah. And it's like with everything, this, if you can get the hard stuff out of the way, then you're rewarded with doing the fun stuff yeah. later. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this last weekend, animal kingdom, four kids, <laughs> 95 degrees, a lot of humidity. We did 21,000 steps that day. <laughs> With that many kids. It's a lot of walking around Disney World. (laughs) Yeah. And I rode Everest, and I was so sick. I was sick for four or five hours. Lost my appetite. Was motion sick. All the things, which I was surprised. I was trying to to film while I was doing the ride, (laughs) which was a dumb idea. At any rate, um, when I got home that night, I was like, man, I don't want to go riding in the morning. I just did did 21,000 steps. That's like eight and a half miles for for my size. 
And then I woke up, and I'm like, no, I'm setting my alarm. I wake up, set my alarm, inner bitch voice comes in. You don't have to go running. You're on vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. I let that voice win one time, it wins forever. Yep. I went running for three miles, and I felt amazing. Then I had to go back. We didn't I, We didn't do as many miles that next day. We went like six miles. And guess what I thought to myself? Man, I'm glad I ran this morning, and I'm glad I worked out. Yeah. And then I thought, when I went and worked out, then, then the next day I got up, and I was like, Man, that gym sucks. That's not a very <laughs> that's not a very nice gym. There's not very many free weights. You probably can't even do anything over there that will even give you a workout or a pump. Yeah. Ah, I went in there, ran another three miles, and worked out. Felt amazing. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't come home later that night. And then we did like seven and a half miles that day, and I didn't come home that night. I was like, man, I wish I wouldn't have worked out this morning because I went seven and a half miles. Now I'm ultra smoked. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. I just worked out hard, ran three miles, got a pump, and then went seven and a half miles at Disneyland with my kids. Yeah. And and again, I left the gym before the kids even got up. Yeah. It's yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, you don't regret looking back at it and you're happy you did it, but happy I did it. If you probably if you would have skipped that first day, the next day you probably would have skipped oh, too. You probably yeah. would have skipped all the days on vacation. Yeah, I would have skipped every one of them. Yeah. You just have to win each day, and if you can make yourself yep. win that day, you'll win the next one. Yep. And then you win the next one. And then all of a sudden, you're stacking up all these wins until you have a track record of wins. Uh-huh. And you feel, you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, any rate, guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. It's going to touch on one more thing. If you're looking on where you want to get started with your fitness journey, I'll say that some of the, some of the best places to start is energy and recovery. And Megawatt is my go-to energy source. It's electrolyte-based, no crash, natural caffeine. Um, so, you know, the harder you go, especially cardio-wise, the better you feel. Where most caffeines dehydrate you, this replenishes you as you go. And I, I first know, I knew, when I knew Megawatt was the real deal was when I first got on the treadmill, when I first got on the bike, and I just didn't want to stop. I'm like, holy cow. I just want to keep going and going and going. And then also... Jake, when um, he told me about the recovery products, he he says, you will never feel better and less sore than when you're on this post-workout stack. And that's Formula One and Ignition mixed together. And I do two scoops, Formula One, one scoop Ignition. I mix those with water within 30 minutes after I work out. And the reason I mix them with water, because you don't want to be adding fats back into your body that you just work so hard to extract. A lot of good flavors, Dream Sickle. Um, fruit punch, fruit de loop are some of my favorites. Juicy watermelon is pretty good. Vanilla is amazing. And, um, you're just adding those sugars back into your body to replenish some of those, um, muscles that you, you know, those microscopic tears that you put into your muscle. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for diet stuff, the level one bars are amazing for meal replacement stuff. And if you look at those bars, you think, wow, they're expensive. It's because they're unbelievable. And number two, it's like replacing a complete meal. So you let me know if you can find a meal for $2.50 or $3 or whatever those bars are a piece. <laughs> because you can't go out to uh, a gas station or a fast food joint and find a meal for $3. Um, I eat a protein stick and a meal bar every day. One of my diets is, now this is just what's working for me. I'm not telling you guys to do this, but I try to go low carbs, low sugar, if any sugar at all, just natural sugars if I do do any. And then keep my protein above 200 and higher and try to eat as clean as possible. Yeah. I'm not doing 75 hard right now. I plan on doing phase two of 75 hard uh, once I finish my bear season. But um, this is just what works for me and this is just what I do. And I'm in some of the best shape I've been since I was 21 years old when I was running five, six, seven, eight miles every single day uh, post Sweden 
when I was running all those days too. And I feel better. My mind feels better. I feel stronger. I have more energy when I come home. I'm better for my kids. And that's why I was telling this dude who came in over to my house. I'm like, dude, when I work out like this, when I feel like this, I have more energy for my kids. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm better at work. I'm more positive. I have more energy. And so hopefully you guys can take some of that. Listen to this. We have our first form links. If you use us on there, you'll be associated with us and you'll get free shipping. You'll be um, linked to us and you'll be supporting us too. So we appreciate you guys. Um, If you learned something from this podcast, if it struck a chord, please share it to the stories. Um, If you can't afford to get anything at the Mealy Freak store, that's fine. If you can't afford any supplements right now, fine. As long as that's a legitimate excuse but you can't afford to share it to your stories and spread the message on, on what we're trying to do here at Mealy Freak. Uh, we're trying to make you guys better versions of yourself because um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get better every single day. So leave us a comment. Um, share this to your stories. Did we miss anything else? Uh, I don't think so. You can you can join the private Facebook group. Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of people coming over from the podcast and joining, so it's awesome to see. Oh. That's one of the most common things. I like. People will join from the Instagram, but I, a lot of people that leave the things are from the podcast, so it's yeah. really cool to see you guys yeah. coming over. And, you know, we get to interact with you guys from the from the podcast too because we don't we don't really know who listens we don't get any statistics from that we just know who listens and so it's nice having people come over and say they listen and then you know we get a chat with you guys on you know hunting and you posted a video today on carbon fiber barrels and like all these other tips so you know join the facebook group it's it's growing and it's 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 pretty cool the stuff on there and talking to new people yeah and you know everyone has similar interests engage with us too if you're just watching there um, pay the fee there too. And paying the fee there on the private Facebook group is, um, potentially inviting other people to the group. And then also just liking the post and engaging yeah. with it. Cause the mo- more you engage with the posts and comment, um, the more people will see it. So we encourage you guys to do that. And remember the magic happens when you push through the adversity, catch you guys on the next one.